everyone, it's Jonathan. Welcome back to Every Version Ever. Today's episode is another classic episode from 2017, and it's a really special one, though probably only to me, but not because of the topic, which is Hello Kitty in Wonderland, but because my guest today is not just my cousin Sarah, but my cousin Shayna as well. Shayna was my childhood best friend, as I'm sure a lot of homeschooled cousins who are the same age and also neighbors are, and she was a semi-recurring guest on my channel back in 2017 when I was just getting started in the online film space. But life happens, and suddenly adults somehow can't spend as much time together as they did when they were teenagers, binge-watching Smallville and Lost on the weekend. But we do still hang out when we can find time, so one of these days I should try to convince her to do another podcast with me. Anyway, I think the first video that Shayna ever did with Sarah and me was our review of Hello Kitty in Wonderland. Shayna loves all things 80s and adorable, and Hello Kitty is one of her animated favorites. So when I found out there was a Hello Kitty Alice in Wonderland, I knew she had to talk about it with us. Hey everyone, welcome back to Wonderland Wednesdays. I'm here with Sarah as usual, and also her sister, my cousin Shayna. We're here to talk about Hello Kitty in Wonderland. We decided to do this one with Shayna because Shayna is a big Hello Kitty fan, so I was interested to see what she would think of it. I wasn't expecting it to be that great, and I didn't really think it was that great. I don't know how Sarah and Shayna felt, but... I guess we'll talk about that right now. Scene by scene. How did you feel, Shayna? It was adorable yet extremely strange. <laughs> I could definitely tell it was made in the 80s with mm -hmm. anime and uh, a voice over with the English. You could tell it was originally done more in like Japanese or something. The way they animated it, it looked more like a video game in some places, the little jerky movements. Mm -hmm. I, think I think that's kind of a characteristic of a lot of anime from that time okay. period. I'm a little bit ignorant, <laughs> but it definitely reminded me of that and the noises that went with it, too. Mm -hmm. I, th I thought of at one point it sounded kind of like Metroid. If you've ever played Metroid and you're in kind of like an empty space, like a giant cavern, and when she was in the Hall of Doors, it kind of reminded me of that. It was just kind of slightly unsettling. It's really strange. It starts out on the bank as usual, right? Mm -hmm. With her sister, who is an adorable cat with a large head and a little flower on her head and a dress. And they... They're discussing a book. like It's kind of expanded on the dialogue that we know. They added a lot of unnecessary dialogue to this version, but they're still talking about a book with no pictures. And how sleepy she gets. Mm -hmm. When she chases after the rabbit, which does show up as usual, she's sort of taken down a vortex rather than going down a hole. It's like the ground just opens up and then she's falling and instead of orange marmalade, it's an empty bottle of orange juice and just kind of odd. There were one or more pieces of furniture, and she landed on this huge pink pillow type thing, which I kind of approve of. It was cute. She sees the rabbit, who's just in a spotlight, and then she chases after him, and she's in a spotlight, and then they end up in the hall of doors, where she's trying all the doors. They don't work. Very sporadic. 
just like appeared from door to door instead of actually moving from door to door. It was like pew, pew, pew. And then the little doors behind her and her head can't fit through it. She eventually finds the drink that causes her to grow and... But not in there. You remember? They just had her grow tiny uh-huh. and then... Like she tried to climb back up the table, fell down, and then oh, yeah. started shooting out huge... What, yeah, she, she was crying. Instead of... Instead of having her grow and cry a river of tears, she shrunk and cried a river of tears. And then just kept floating like, up with it. It was like literal fountains out of her eyes, and then it was like her head was buoyant, keeping her afloat. But it wasn't creepy like the other version that we yeah, watched. Yeah, it's fine. The boy head. There weren't any lightning bolts or anything odd bing, like that. Bing. And her tears actually make the door burst open and then it's sort of like a, a plug has been taken out and she swirls out through the door into the garden and they have uh, the they have the caucus race in this scene but they don't call it a caucus be. race no but it's all the same animals and again we think that the meaning of the caucus race was lost in translation because yeah. they're basically just running around a tree in a race that nobody wins. Yeah, I think they didn't really... Either they didn't understand what it was supposed to mean, or we talked about maybe there was a translation thing with them translating it from English to Japanese and then from Japanese back to English. So the meaning was eventually lost, and it was kind of a boring, meaningless scene. It was made more in mind of children just running aimlessly around a tree. Yeah, basically. Like, geared more for a child audience. Really, the way they had Hello Kitty talk, sometimes stating the obvious and walking you through things, it does sound like something that children could mm-hmm. follow more easily. Yeah, this wasn't really for adult fans. This is more something you put on to entertain the kids. I'm guessing that a lot of adults have watched this, though. The, the, one, the first one we tried had like 71 million views on YouTube, which was kind of... Shocking to me. I didn't realize that it would be that popular. And I'm guessing that's mostly for the love of Hello Kitty rather than Alice in Wonderland. Probably, yes. Then she sees the rabbit again. She's already had his fan and gloves, but nothing Mm. magical happens with them in this version. She's just trying to return them through the whole thing. And I thought it was interesting because in this version, the fan, I mean, it has a little tassel on it, but what really interested me was that... The gloves are black rather than white, mm. and I didn't know if that was a cultural thing or what, but it was it was interesting. Yeah, the gloves have always been white in every version, and it seemed a little strange that they changed the color for this one, and we don't really know why. They shook it up. So she follows him to his house, and after that, he really isn't that much of a part of this scene. She goes in, drinks some juice that is supposedly green apple, and gets huge, which was probably one of our favorite parts because she takes the whole roof off of the house and her little feet are sticking out. And Shana thought it was quite adorable. It was supposed to be horrifying, but it was <laughs> extremely adorable. <laughs> and there weren't any other details that you might expect, like Bill the Lizard going down mm-hmm. the chimney or her being called Marianne. Bas- no, none of that. Basically, after that... She, there's like a voiceover. 
she contemplates drinking it again. And then the next scene is her running through the grass saying, she was right. She drank, the, she got a hold of the juice, she drank it, and she shrunk again. They kind of cut out everything that happened in the middle of that. I don't know why. Then she comes across the caterpillar, who is really different in this version. Really strange. Not the worst caterpillar we've seen, but he was kind of weird. He looked. He reminded me kind of of a purple snowman because he looked like he had a carrot for a nose. How did you feel about the caterpillar? I thought he looked like a clown. <laughs> sort of, with a spiky nose. Yeah, purple with like blue polka dots, and his nose seemed kind of like a bittersweet orange red to me. Kind of like a big old little artistic palette touch. It's more of a bitter shade of bittersweet. <laughs> yes, and he had gigantic eyebrows. They really shook him up because I don't know if they kept any of the real. Okay, a little bit with the mushroom, but the real dialogue that goes on in that scene I'm guessing that they didn't understand it or like it or something and it was almost like they were trying to throw in their own little maxims throughout this whole story and his voice was different and his personality was different than you might expect in the typical typical caterpillar it was very different than most caterpillar scenes Jonathan did like or relate to part of it in that she was confused about which side of the mushroom did which. Which I've, I've, I've always thought when they when he says the right side will make you tall or the left side will make you smaller or vice versa, whichever way it goes, I've always thought, well, how do you tell which way is the left and right side because it's round? I and know. they actually lampshaded that in this version and had her call it out like, what what does this mean? I never questioned that. I figured he he'd said it was out on the table. <laughs> it's round. And yeah. her neck stretching out was that like the illustration in the book? I yes. feel like they might have been rather true to that. So that was one of the things that actually almost got right. The only thing that was different was the bird didn't start screaming that she was a serpent, which I was waiting for because she actually looked like one. It was. A, head on a really long, slithery-looking neck. But they, they, I gotta give them credit for that. They did stretch her neck out, and they had a bird that was upset at her on a nest. So <laughs> That was probably the most true to the book that they were in this, I think. A lot of the rest of it was rather strange and different. So she gets a hold of some more of the mushroom, shrinks back to her normal, tiny size, and... After that is an encounter with the Cheshire Cat, which... Which was very heavily based on the Disney version. I was expecting something to look like Hello Kitty because it's a cat character. This is Hello Kitty land. But no, it was a like a weird Disney clown hybrid. <laughs> it was strange looking. Triangular red nose. Yes. That was odd. They completely left out the duchess and the cook. Yeah, no duchess, no cook, no baby that turns into a pig, just straight on to the Cheshire Cat. I'm just wondering if these people don't like this sort of awkward mother-son relationship <laughs> where she's, you know, basically violent towards her child. And probably because this is a version meant for children, 
they're not they don't really feel like they're gonna it's they a, don't feel it's appropriate to show a mother beating her child because he's sneezing i mean it, in the book it's really ridiculous i don't think it's meant to be super disturbing mm-hmm. i'm not advocating violence in that <laughs> statement towards children but i i think they may have just sort of slipped that away instead mm-hmm. of trying to deal with it in a non-awkward way plus it was only a half hour so some things had to go after that alice ends up at the tea party and the mad hatter is quite different a very different version than any we've seen before he's got anger problems he likes to lie his hat explodes with flowers and <laughs> it's, he's not as eccentric and colorful no he's just weird and not good weird and the, kind of boring weird yeah and the march hare looks like he's gonna fall asleep and the mouse has fall asleep the mouse the dormouse did nothing through the whole thing she but was just he, asleep the dormouse was cute though i've got to give them credit for that because i've seen dormice not cute not cute after she's done at the tea party she ends up going towards the castle and the castle to me looks so much like a disney mm-hmm. the classic disney castle or even just a disney princessy type castle that i started to sing the song that was the first thing i thought of it looked like a disney castle and i think they were inspired by the disney version for the cat they probably took the castle right out of cinderella they just thought it was magical or something (laughs) and one of the parts that was actually rather true to the book was when she comes across the cards painting roses red and they explain it the way it is in the book after that, they kind of digress. Okay, they digress really a lot. Digress. But I give them credit that they stuck to that. Mm-hmm. Then the queen comes along, and she has fairy wings and a hairdo that looks sort of like horns. Actually, the queen, the king, and the jack all have fairy wings. I'm not really sure why. I don't think it was ever explained. It because was a very odd choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, then... Queen is angry at the cards, and for some reason, Alice decides that she's going to save the cards, and she's acting like their heroic protector. It's like the Japanese fight for justice in Hello Kitty Land. I don't know. Because that definitely... I mean, I've seen it before where she stood up to the executioner before. I mean, in more than one mm-hmm. version, she does that. But this was kind of an odd take on like, it really trying to make her into a heroic figure and it ended up with them in a chase around the gardens with the jack chasing them and her hiding them behind flower pots or was it underneath i don't know flower pot hiding place either way they hid from the jack the jack thinks that he's been tricked by hello kitty and then she pops out and says that she has tricked them that was really funny. It reminded me of Mabel from Gravity Falls. I don't know why. It was just something that Mabel would say. You've been had. A side note, the queen had a really obnoxious voice. The king was fine. But I somebody the really ha- was kind of funny. She really hammed it up. Yeah. You could tell she was having fun in the role, at least. She probably doesn't get to do that very often, so... 
take advantage of the opportunity. Either that or this is like her favorite type of character to play and she really went into it. Then all of a sudden it's like everything's just brushed just brushed aside. She's not in big trouble for helping the cards and she the queen wants her to come play croquet. And it's kind of odd that in all of these little life lessons that are being thrown out there, Hello Kitty doesn't object to taking a flamingo, a live flamingo, and hitting a hedgehog with it. That that didn't seem to be a problem. She spots the rabbit and wants to follow him, but the cards stop her. And then she's kind of forced to keep playing croquet, and cards are being taken off to be beheaded because they're not winning at the game. But the cards that were doomed just look mildly disappointed as they were dragged away. It was like, oh well... Bummer. <laughs> it, it made me laugh anyway. I don't know if that was the intent, but I laughed at it. And then when Hello Kitty loses control of her flamingo, the queen gets upset at her for losing her favorite mallet, and <laughs> she has to... I think she was going to be put on trial for that. Yeah, that's, how, the they, trial... that's how they segued into that. Hello, this we is have a Oscar. new diner. We're a new Cheshire cat. You can probably go with Cheshire Cat. I don't know if he wants to. Hi. What? You're interrupting. One more for the outtakes. Okay. Um. <laughs> We've been totally derailed. Take it away, Shana. <laughs> Isn't the next one the court scene? Yeah. Where. It was supposed to be ruled fair as long as it was ruled fair in the queen's favor. It didn't matter if it was fair to anyone else. That was a big thrust of the court scene, the injustice of the queen. I found it interesting that in the court scene they changed the tarts into a cherry pie that the jack is on trial for supposedly stealing. How did that happen? I'm not really sure. Probably another translation thing. Maybe they don't have tarts in Japan. Oh, I would imagine they do. And they, I mean, and obviously they have cherries. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It could have. Well, they don't have pies, I don't think. So that, I have a feeling this is one of those things where it was translated into Japanese and then back to English, and somewhere along the line it ended up getting changed into pies. Well, pies are a very American thing. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the Mad Hatter was very keen on lying in this scene. Yes. But really, they don't show Alice being put on trial. They switch to the knave being on trial over the pie. And... They never really get around to Alice. This is more of the Alice trying to be a hero thing, where she's yelling at the queen for not being fair, and she eventually ends up growing huge and getting in trouble for that, which is true to the book. But mm-hmm. this is the Hello Kitty version. Don't expect <laughs> accuracy. If you love Hello Kitty, go for it. Yes, this version is for Hello Kitty fans, not for Alice in Wonderland fans. <laughs> Don't forget how it ended. When she grew big, the whole courtroom exploded and everyone flew, flew through the air like confetti. That was cute. It was funny. 
Almost like stop motion. Some well, people were flying through the air and others were just hovering in the background. I guess it was sort of cute and then ridiculous at the same time. And then instead of just the cards flying at her, everybody's exploding everywhere and they're flying longer than you would expect. Instead of just, oh, the cards, the cards, and then back to... It was just, yeah, it, was, it really was. It was like an explosion of characters. Like every character had to fly past the camera at some point, including characters that weren't even in the story because I saw a lobster, I saw the mock turtle... It was oh, you like, picked up on more than I did. I was mostly I saw a lobster. I was mostly focused on how dramatic the queen was flailing around. <laughs> That's true. That was funny. <laughs> and it's sort of the abyss type feeling again. And then she's back on the bank with her cute sister. You know, double cuteness, two kitties. And the sister is very sweet about it and says that she can tell her about it on the way home. And then when Hello Kitty gets up to follow her, the fan and gloves are underneath her like, oh, yeah, that really did happen. You pick up on that? It was real. Uh-huh. And that was pretty much the end. Also, if you like the music of that period, they had a nice... They, they had a... Uh, <laughs> if you like the music of that period, they had a song at the end, sort of. Mm-hmm. 80s. Yes, it was very, very synthesizer-y. I kind of wonder if that was Shane's favorite part, but maybe Hello Kitty herself was the favorite part. I don't know. In this one, the 80 synth was both fun and incredibly eerie. <laughs> Sent shivers up my legs. <laughs> Especially the scene in the Hall of Doors. Yeah. Ooh. <sighs> oh, there it is again. Side note, she has physical responses to different sounds. I don't, I mean, more than a lot of people. So (laughs) it could could tickle her. It could make, yeah, it's kind of. And I'm sure there are people out there watching that like, oh, yeah, that happens to me, too. There's only so much that happens to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, Hello Kitty fans, unite and watch this kind of corny, strange chapter in Hello Kitty's history. Apparently you have. 71 million strong. (laughs) Yes. And Alice in Wonderland fans, you can probably skip this one unless, like us, you're trying to watch all of them. (laughs) Or at least like me. Sarah's not trying to watch all of them. She's just watching the ones that she might have some slight interest in. I'm rather excited to tell you about the other one that we watched today. But that's a different episode. Very old. We found another silent film. He found another silent film. And you're going to want to know about this one. All right. (laughs) Shana has spoken. (laughs) Shana should probably give some final thoughts about what she thought of it before we leave. All in all, a very cute film with lots of Hello Kitty adorableness, simplified for a childlike audience with both the good and the bad of the 80 cents. Fun yet weird. I agree. I wonder if there was any merchandise of this. Her outfit was cute. It was the 80s. There was probably merchandise somewhere. (laughs) 
Okay, I think that's all for today. I'll see you next week. We'll see you next week for another Wonderland Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this classic episode. Sarah will be back next week for another one, and we'll be talking about a PBS special presentation of a Broadway version of Alice in Wonderland. Shana did do a few other shorter reviews with us back in 2017, so I might try to cobble together some of those into another episode somewhere down the line as well. Either way, there's plenty more Alice coming soon, so stay tuned for more every version ever. We'll see you next time.